I thought about it the other day. My career. What was my career? What continues to be what was of my career? Four years in college and two in the pros. And you could say I had luck on my side, but I didn't feel that way for the longest time. I think for me, it comes down to what I was able to accomplish. I had all the things I needed. A supportive family, great teammates, for the most part. A drive to succeed, but very rarely did I feel supremely confident in my ability. My senior year of college at Trinity University was the one time I look back on my career with fondness because of what I put myself through and what I wanted at the other end. I wanted to achieve that goal, to get drafted. The goal of any young baseball player. I wrote the stats I needed to have on my bathroom mirror. I'd recite them to myself on the way to class, on the way to practice, on my way into the batter's box. Hit 400, 10 home runs, 70 RBIs. Hit 400, 10 home runs, 70 RBIs. I had a clear and present objective. I knew what I wanted and what I needed to do to get there. I think that's what every athlete needs. Clear and present goals to get to where they want to get to. But the stress of doing that got to me, mentally, physically. The constant need to gain approval from my friends, coaches, teammates. I never did it for me. I did it for them. I look back on my career with fondness for a goal accomplished, but complete unpreparedness for what was to come next. I'm Jeremy Wolf, the co-founder and CEO of MindReady, and this is the first episode of The Lab. Two years of professional baseball. As a matter of fact, it was 18 months and in and out, just like that. I was injured the entire time. I played through a herniated disc in my back for two seasons. At the end of season two, it popped. Done. Career over. Identity in tatters. Who the hell was I if I couldn't get on the field? Picking up the pieces made me realize how fragile it all is. Who are we when everything we've done is for a specific purpose and that purpose is now gone? It ceases to exist. The way we see the world, shaped by what we devote our lives to, and just like that, it's over. Just like that, we don't have the opportunity to continue this dream. Life is on hold until we find something else that fills that motivation for us. Five years on from that moment, I can still feel it. A career-ending pop on a windy night in Brooklyn playing for the Cyclones. In tears, knowing it would be my last time ever on a field. No 31st-round pick stays with a team after a spinal cord injury. Five years on, still thinking of that time with fondness. A fondness of a dream achieved, but a deep regret for how I carried myself most of the time. I played politics instead of the game. I lost track of what mattered. I was on my own. Why would I talk to the person next to me? What is professional sports if not competition with your teammates? What is winning when winning doesn't matter? I look back five years on with a sense of triumph, but a deep sense of regret knowing my one chance to reach the major leagues was marred by injury. What if? What if? For each Kevin Love, there are a thousand more. There are hundreds of thousands more. There was me, who has fought suicidal ideations my entire life in an attempt my junior year of college. Maybe it was the only time in my life where I was truly in the moment. If I felt that, there's got to be more. There are more. Who are we without competition? What does it mean to play sports? What other values it teaches us? What is the purpose? What does it all mean? Where is the support? I've dedicated myself to the mental well-being of athletes since the day I got released. If I felt it, there are more. They play every sport. They think like me. They're out there. What can be made to support them? To help them fulfill their dream like I did. To help them in the next part of their journey. To keep them alive. And Mind Ready is that answer. Trust. 
Trust is a word I'm beginning to use a lot more. I trust that what I'm doing is the right thing to do. I trust I spend my valuable time properly. I trust that I have a great team around me. I trust our coaches with our athletes. I trust that Mind Ready will help people. And I look forward to earning your trust as a parent, athlete, practitioner, and champion of this movement. A movement to support and protect the mental well-being of athletes. Dr. Don Morace is our guest today, and throughout the interview, you'll begin to understand why he's an accomplished teacher, professor, orator, and thinker. He's a former assistant professor of sport management at Trinity University in San Antonio, Texas, and currently the learning experience facilitator with the San Antonio Spurs. Without him, Mind Ready wouldn't exist. Back in the lavish. The relationship between learning and performance, I think... What Mind Ready is going to be, I think the purpose of, of Mind Ready is to bridge the gap between mental performance and athletics and mental health and athletics. And the, the reason that so many people are involved is because it affects so many of us and it affects our children and it affects our entire ecosystem. And you see this environment in professional sports and college sports, youth sports, where athletes get burnt out. Athletes don't have the tools at their disposal to be successful. But then it just comes down to providing them a resource that gives them the opportunity to be able to focus on their performance and their development and just be kids and just be athletes. And so my question for you is, is what is that relationship between learning and performance? Yeah, there's, <clears throat> where do we begin? Um, I think that, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about learning and performance is this idea of like what zone you're in, as in thinking about sports. I know that it was very hard for me to learn when someone was hollering just at me, right, and gave me no space to feel similar to like what you said, like a kid. You know, this was... And man, we're already talking about gender stuff, but like be a man and this and that and these ideas that these huge expectations on your performance and what that performance means both to you, the name on your back, the community, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I understand that, I mean, just today uh, or just what, yesterday, Russia invaded Ukraine. Like, I understand that young individuals go to war and often put a lot, have a lot of responsibilities on their back. Thankfully, I've not had to experience it to that degree. I do think, however, so many young kids have so much of those pressures placed on them, so much so that what happens? Things happen like specialization, where their body, frankly, doesn't understand like now their body is used to doing the same thing over and over again and doesn't have the capacity essentially to learn new ways to move, new environments, new situations. So, I mean, that's just like the very, the tip of the iceberg for me is like, what is the situation that we're putting people in to set them up for success in terms of learning? Because performance then is so much based on outcome that learning isn't an outcome. Behavior, behavior is an outcome. But you have to learn a behavior. You have to, and those are those are going to be two different situations, period. And, and 
I think so much is lost. I think so many coaches and athletes and, and stakeholders really do have the most positive intentions. They have the most positive intentions. Unfortunately, for what for a number of reasons, I just don't think that I don't th- I think that very very few people really understand how people learn. And so it, and a lot of people suffer for it. And granted, your short-term performance might improve some, but in the long term, who do you become? Um, what do you lose? And how long how long does your how long does that learning and performance endure? Because it's, I think it's important to be a lifelong learner and, frankly, a lifelong athlete if you want to be, like, healthy and well and be able to move your body. And, and I believe very much so that there's a huge relationship between the mind and the body. And the health of the body allows the mind to do things. And there's so many books on whether it's learning or trauma or just how emotions are made, which is an incredible book that I'm reading, by the way, called How Emotions Are Made. But, like, they all work together. Right. And so, I mean, we just we have just essentially set up all of these parallels that also interact with one another. And to isolate one of those in terms of what, you know, what Mind Ready is doing or what a lot of people are doing, I think, man, it it misses the mark. But it's it is multifaceted and layered. It brings an important point to that conversation of. Have we not, as a society, reckoned with the value of educating on mental health and therefore educating on mental performance or the skills that can be attributed on that as a society? Is it, is it, where is the root of all of this? We hear Simone Biles goes, I have the, you know, in baseball, we'll call it the yips. I forgot what she called it, the spins, where she's the best in the world at what she does and maybe the best ever in gymnastics and goes, because of all this pressure, because of all these factors, and where I'm at as a person or where I'm at as an athlete, I have the spins. And she's in the Olympics. She's at the highest point. She's worked her entire life for that moment. And many talking heads in the media, many people had mentioned that, oh, too bad. She should just do it or suck it up. And you hear Kevin Love and the anxiety attacks he's gone through. And you hear about these different athletes that have gone through uh, suicidal ideations and the issues that come with performing at a high level and getting paid to do that work and the effects that it has on you and the effects it has on your family and back onto your performance. And from what I've heard over the last years and since I was playing, well, I hope he gets the help he needs. Mm. I hope he finds that education or solace. I hope he finds or she finds a, a, a network of support. And it brings me back to the reason why you and me are having this conversation, the reason why we exist, the reason why Mind Ready will ultimately be a successful entity in terms of how many athletes we're going to have on board, the amount of lives we're going to affect, the amount of coaches we're going to have and be able to build a foundation of their education. The reason why I exist is to solve a problem. The problem is perpetuated because of a society that doesn't value mental health education. But as someone who's educated in this field, or the field of learning and the field of, of education, it, do I have it wrong? Or for, in your eyes, where is the root of, of why these situations happen and why 
there needs to be a solution to it. Mm. Man, that's awesome. That explore, exploration that you just laid out. And, and I think now, A, like I don't have, I'm sure there are plenty of answers. First of all, disclaimer, I don't have the only answer, but I, I do have thoughts. Um, and I think that in your asking of this question, I think that you also kind of identified what I believe is a, as a major contributor, <clears throat> excuse me. And I'll, and I'll talk about it. I'll, I'll try to give it in an example. At one point in time, I was a professor and in the academic realm, granted, they talk about it being the ivory tower. Um, and, and some of the thoughts are, are I think, misaligned but there was space like there was space to just think about thinking to just think about things and i think and i think you can relate it to art in a way you know this like exploration of ideas and concepts with no with no set idea on where you want those to go or in other words no actual problem yet to solve. On the other hand, I'm now in the business world, the corporate world, where learning, where that, that, that learning now is directed at something. It's not a free flowing, oh, who, like who am I? It's a, I already, already haven't, well, whether it's dictated by, whether it's you dictated it to yourself or it's dictated to someone else, which is why people are talking about aligning values with you and the company now, but that's another conversation maybe. But now when that learning is directed at something, what it has done, I think, is place biases or structures around what you can actually think about already, or, or you could even think about it maybe as who you can be. And so to take your example, so it becomes this idea of like output versus exploration maybe, but to, to now link what you your example of Simone Biles, perhaps the goat, was, was she ever, at any point in time, was she ever given the opportunity to just explore what her body can do? Hopefully, like hopefully so, like to, because her body does amazing things. Like so many of those, so many athletes bodies do incredible things and that's part of the reason why we'll pay so much money to watch that or sit in the front of the TV and while I'll watch the Spurs tonight. But, when that is all aimed now at a problem, then we start feeling the pressure, right? Because everything now has that meaning of solving a problem and it's not value intrinsic. It's not, I do it because I can. It's I do it because I have to because of, and then all the external meanings that we place on that based on, you know, our conditioning, where we're coming from, what our parents or family may want, what our friends may want, what the nation wants, the coach, the all, you know, I mean, just name it. And so that to me, like we, we don't live in a, like in the United States, in the Western world, even if I can go that far, we don't, exp we don't value, I think, exploration as much, so much so that, you know, like, I mean, you can just ex look at some memes that really discount art, you know, and, and, and someone's like someone who literally like put their heart and soul into something and there's like, oh, well, how, I mean, you know, like what will that do for us? Or like, what's that value? Or, you know, someone tapes a banana to a wall and it's like, oh, that's art. Like, I mean, I mean, I get, I get sometimes like, you know, it doesn't matter to some people, but that doesn't matter. 
And so in some senses, if we were to look at sport and physical culture more as an expression of things and as art and not even like art to get tens at the Olympics, right? But like art for the sake and sake of itself, Cirque de Soleil, for instance, where people do incredible things, hand balancing and a lot of gymnastics types of stuff. There's fulfillment there, and the United States and the West just doesn't value that at all. It's about the job that you're going to get right out of college. I mean, how, when you went to Trinity, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure that there were a lot of people already asking you before you even started what you were going to do. So the external factors on, on an athlete, the, the pressures that an athlete puts on themselves because of A, B, and C, that, that might be the root of the issues that athletes face where those issues come from so for simone biles it could be because of the pressures of representing america at the olympics and we'll never know right unless she's on the podcast which if she's listening i'd love the opportunity to talk to her but then for kevin love and for others or for others who are affected outwardly uh who have the confidence like naomi osaka to say like i uh, do not feel confident enough to compete today and being confident enough in who she is and the success that she's had to know that it's the right move for her to step away rather than to compete through it when she knows that she shouldn't. Um, and I think what I'm trying to solve here, both in this conversation and as a business, is why athletes will choose to seek performance coaching. And on the flip side, how can I can best prepare myself and my coaches and the environment in which they're coming into when they're confident enough to seek that assistance. And it, it gets back to the root of the entire issue of mental health in this country is that nobody wants to talk about it. And when someone's confident enough in who they are to start having those conversations, nobody knows how to respond to them. And I'm just kind of confused that like, well, where do we go from here, right? Okay, now a resource is here. Now, now what? W what is next? A resource is here to provide this value and provide this assistance to people who need it the most. And then it goes back to education. But what is that education? What are we educating them on? How to deal with the symptoms or how to deal with the root? But we need to figure out the root first. Or else it's, a, it's, a, it's just going to be a circular argument until the end of time. Well said. And I think... When it comes down to that, that route is like, okay, did you solve the problem or not? Did you beat the other team or not? Did you win or did you lose? So in terms of providing these resources, you're not only providing resources like the mindfulness acceptance commitment approach, right, to help athletes, but, and that was already there. I promise I did not plant that for this. Um, I promise just a little, it's just a little light reading. Yeah, <laughs> but you're educating the, the support systems, the structures, the people, the stakeholders of sport, of which the athletes are one, to change the whole narrative of it overall. Because at one point in time, it was about, did you win or did you lose? Someone like, now granted, I'm, I know I'm going to... I know it's sounding like I'm just planting everything, but yo, like I enjoy working for the San Antonio, the Spurs Sports Entertainment, 
of which they have a lot of franchises, but Greg Popovich is the GOAT too. He understands that it's more it's it's about more than basketball, and this is one expression of these young men. This is one expression of them, and he encourages them to be so much more. And he encur- he talks about did we develop today? Did we learn today? The sociology research shows us that sports develop people when it helps them expand their identity, not when it isolates or constricts their identity. Because when it constricts identities, then what happens? If you lose, you're trash. If you win, you're the greatest. But I'm sure all, I'm sure a lot of folks who might be hearing this podcast, you and me, okay, you won, and then what do they say? Like, oh yeah, give yourself a day and it's time to focus on this, that, and the other. Well, like, why can't you celebrate the small wins during the game? Why can't you celebrate the small wins right after? And so really it shifts from, shifting the narrative from win-lose to how am I developing based on the underlying deep-rooted values of who I am? It's about building an environment in which enables them to succeed. And that comes from the top, right? If the stakeholders are the athletes and the foundation is built from the athletic director, the coaches, the parents, the environment itself is conducive to the performance and the development and the well-being and the nature of the athletes, then it ultimately creates an ecosystem that enables them to succeed but supports them with failure. And yeah, because failure fail is first attempt in learning. Sure. Sure. And so like when I look back on my career, won a national championship, what made that team so great was that top to bottom, everybody supported each other in the end goal. And there was a 100% focus and dedication to the person next to you and the person behind you and the person ahead of you for an ultimate goal. And when that idea becomes superseded by individuality and you put the pressure on yourself to succeed rather than putting your energy on the team to win, does that ultimately, does that mindset ultimately lead to um, issues within teams or issues within athletes to where they feel like they have to do so much? I remember playing in the minor leagues. And feeling like there was so much pressure for me in the third inning with a guy on second to drive him in. And I said, I would say to myself in the batter's box, if I don't get a hit, I'm going to get released, thinking that that would motivate me. But in fact, it scared me and it held me back and it did not allow me to succeed. And what I learned from the best players that I got to play with was that they were in the moment, knew what they had to do, did their job. Win or lose, they went back to the dugout and they put their helmet back and they focused on, for a brief second, what they did wrong, how to improve, and ultimately the next steps in that process. And these all come down to like the, uh, the fundamentals and the foundations of why I'm doing what I'm doing, why you do what you do, because we want to see people succeed. And it's right, and and even I agree with everything that you're saying. So please don't take this as a disagreement. It's a yes and. The yes and is that 
it goes back to what success is for someone. You know, granted, we've talked about, you said top down. Absolutely. The thing is, people hear a lot from, from the sides too, horizontally, not just vertically. And so your peers who you've grown up with already, who essentially get rewards, maybe in terms of likes on their post, you, you, don't, you don't post your team, you, you have your individual account, you have your individualness. We were in the era, right, like when, Le, when LeBron had his sit down and chose which team he was going to go to next, you know, the decision, like that in so many ways is continuing to support this idea of individuals. Like that's the, we've had this idea of celebrity, if I can pull from the history training that I've had, like we've had celebrity since we've had things like magazines, like John Sullivan, a famous bare knuckle boxer, was a celebrity in terms of what of masculinity for a lot of middle to lower class males in the United States during his time. Uh, because he, what did he do? He was this person that espoused the values that all these individuals really had for themselves. Now, granted, he was a boxer. He wasn't on a team. Um, but it's been that way for, for so long and it continues in, like in a, shades of it. And I think the day and age that we're in continues to push that forward. So not only is it the top down, but it's the sides. Um, and it's, again, like it's, it's, ex, it's extremely, extremely layered. And like you just have to start somewhere and show someone that really that, that process right? That belief in yourself, that acceptance that, yeah, you could get released. And I'm here, right here, right now. Like, yeah, I could not catch this pass, right? I could, I don't know, I'm trying to be diverse here. Like, I could miss this putt, you know, whatever it's going to be. Yeah, of course. And you could get hit by a truck tomorrow, honestly, but does that mean I'm going to stay in my house all day today and not try to explore the world as I see it? In this day and age, I think that is very hard because this idea of fear is getting instilled in us over and over and over again. And you talked about it yourself, like fear, fear-based motivation. That's how I was trained in a lot of ways. That's how our generations before us were trained. And we could even take that, trying to keep this topical too, but I mean... Golly, this actually connects though. Again, Russia. At one point in time, it was Americans, like it was the West versus communism and democracy versus communism. And that was very fear based. That, like, we have to win this for our way of life. Those individuals were in leadership positions that has filtered down, even. And so, like, you, a lot needs to be explored to make those connections explicitly. But that idea of fear and not ideas of abundance and knowing that like, hey, like in a lot of ways in life, like you're gonna get another chance, you're gonna get another shot. Like this actually isn't the end. Like this is not make or break for you. Thankfully, we live in a world, we do, where that is the case for us most of the time. If there was a leader of young men or women listening to this, who sees an opportunity with his team to to make an impression on them. I remember coaches that I had when I was 14 and 18 and 
22. I remember coaches I had when I was eight. And they all leave an impression on you, good or bad. For a coach that wants to make a positive impact with his team, he could be a parent. That's okay. He could be a trained professional. That's okay, too. He could be a, a, a college coach. To have a successful team, to have a successful environment, you can't narrow that down to just one thing. But in your opinion, what is that, what is that mindset that that coach needs to have? What is the mindset that he needs to convey to his team to create an environment that, that is conducive to success? Mm. Yeah, the one thing. Trust. The word trust. Because if you have that deep, deep, deep trust that you know that even if things you know even if things do get get heated a little bit you trust that that coach has your best intentions in mind you trust that those intentions are related to hopefully the goals that maybe you all discussed before the season even started you trust that that coach is actually going to hear you when you provide feedback to that coach and is not going to just ignore you take away your playing time or do anything else, right, that is very kind of that, that fear-based approach. Teammates. You trust that your teammates are going to work their butts off to do the best they can, and you trust in the process of if they are better at this than me, if they have shown that, then I trust that the coach will see that and reward reward that, not even reward that, but trust that because we're here to win as a team, that individual provides us the best opportunity for that. Those words are said a lot. And, and I don't always believe them in large part, let's say if you select a player, you already have a bias that you want that player to succeed so that you get credit for finding and selecting and promoting that player to that position. Those are a few examples of why I think that one thing is trust. And we could go on and and, and really that's what Mind Ready is going to be doing essentially is finding the ways to build that. So that may, I'm sure that's for another series of podcasts. I think it's important to create, like we said earlier, like a foundation of what it is we do. And what it is ultimately we're trying to convey. Why spend the time creating podcasts and businesses and bringing people on board an idea or something if you don't have a foundation and a reason for that, right? So this is an important conversation for me to have because I need to be able to answer the question when people say, what is it you do? Why are you doing it? Someone asked me today, why did you do this? And I said, because it was something that I wanted as an athlete independent, an independent resource that had my best intentions in mind. But what does that mean? What is the one word that encapsulates all of that? That answer is trust. I trust that my money will be spent in the right way. I trust that uh, MindReady has done their due diligence in their coaches to make sure that they have the best coaches on board as possible. I trust that my parents or whoever is 
supportive of me participating in something like this knows that this is something that's important for me to do because it will make me a better athlete. And I trust in myself that I'm doing this and I will seek something out of it and it will ultimately enable me to improve. So the foundation of what we do is in what you had just said is the trust in that this is the right thing to create and the right thing to do both on my end, the coaches who have gone through to get their PhD and their master's degrees and spent money on certifications and done the training because they trust that this is what they want to do with their life. It's important not to, I mean, this is a system, another, another great book, uh, the fifth discipline by Peter Senge, who talks about systems thinking. And I still, I have not mastered systems thinking yet, but I'm, I'm certainly working toward it. Um, but that idea of it can't just be about the athlete, because if you just focus on the athlete, well, then, OK, that's great that they trust themselves first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, how can you trust anyone unless you don't trust yourself, first of all? But then influencing the coaches, who is the next level, I would say, like, if we have that, so we have the athlete and then around that is the coach, the department in and of itself, the institution of which that department is about the industry of which the, you know, I mean, it's almost like there's a frog at the bottom of the, you know, that's what I feel like I'm saying. But with all that said, like it's influencing and creating the environments, like you said, in which that trust can be built, but it takes the interaction of multiple stakeholders, the influence of multiple stakeholders and the engagement of each of them to start building their, that trust themselves, because in reality, it's almost like, um, like it's, it's happening. It's going like this and like this at the same time. I haven't figured out how to articulate this concept yet. Um, but it's like, it's like it's coming down from the top while building from the bottom as well in individuals, in teams, and in groups of teams. I don't know that formula right now. Um, I would love to be able to figure that one out, but I do believe that it would be extremely hard to build trust on a team with a coach when the coach doesn't trust the athletic director to allow that coach to have time to build, a, have time to get those wins based on a program that's based on values and fundamentals because they've been dictated that it's about winning and not about trust, not about that process. Did that, is that okay enough to follow? Totally. Okay. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think would be important for a listener to know, a kid, a parent, an athlete, an athletic director, uh, a practitioner, a, an educator, a leader of young men and women, um, is there anything in your expertise, if this got to a million people, what, what do you wish that you would be able to convey? Everyone's athletic career has ended. Everyone's athletic career has ended at some point in time. Mm -hmm. Some earlier than others. Some started theirs later than others. That's cool too. Everyone's career has ended. What did sport give, impart, give or impart to you, or how did it mold you to become the fullest version 
of yourself so that you can, at the end of it all, if you get the chance to reflect on it all, know that sport gave you more than it took from you. I read that in a fortune cookie once. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but that's like, that's how I see it. You know, like, yeah. that's really how I see it. Like, is it taking away from you? Is it limiting? I mean, dude, from, you know, I'm from a small town in Texas where sport is the end all be all. And I see Facebook posts from some of my friends who now are say like, and this could be at any point in time or from any gender or anyone on the gender spectrum, but I'm speaking specifically about individuals who identify as fathers. Why the hell do you only post about your child when they do something good about good in sport? You're essentially telling your child that they will only receive your love when they do something good in sport. I would say how terrible, but it would only be terrible if they knew better. There are so many people who just don't know better because they were probably raised in the same way. So we, there's a lot going on in pe with people talking about like breaking generational cycles and this and that, and it can get super foo-foo and you can put your plants up and stuff and that's fine. But I really do believe that that same type of logic applies to generations in sport. We're seeing it. We're living it right now. People are, are talking more about mental health, so much so that they're publishing things on like the Players' Tribune, right, which is fantastic. But I tell you what, for every one of those, I know that there's probably thousands of individuals scoffing at them too, scoffing at them and just chastising those individuals with whatever intersections of negativity that they have to make about these people, you know, that, that they're brave enough to talk about that stuff. At the other side of the coin, we also want to make sure that we're true to ourselves and we don't go off virtue signaling about woe is me to be able to be in a position to maybe get paid so much money to do all those things too. There's, I think there's a balance and it's important, just like it's important to explore all the facets of who you are, it's important to explore every facet of these concepts that we're talking about too and not remain myopic or very isolated in our view, so. No, it's an incredible point. It's a great point to, to kind of jump into, right? And I think that's what this podcast will end up being is just an introduction to an idea. And I think it's on us every day, whoever's listening, probably just my mom, that, and God bless her, that all of these topics are important, right? I want to be able to touch on preparation and anxiety and depression and the issues that come along with that from a root cause, from a systematic cause, and the effects that can have on the individual, but also what we can do about it. So I think you're the perfect person to have as the first one to lay the foundation of what it is I do, what it is this idea is, what it is this podcast is trying to do, what it is the entire platform of Mind Ready is trying to accomplish is the is creating the foundation of trust between educators and education 
to people who are seeking out solutions to problems that they have rooted in athletics or um, can eventually be solved by athletics. I know thousands of times I went on the field and said, this is exactly where I want to be right now. And I knew I was done playing when I went on the field going, this is not where I want to be right now. And I still feel, I go golfing and the first six holes are great. And then the seventh hole stinks and the eighth hole's worse. And either I can pick it up or I can just kind of sit in it for the next 11 holes or whatever. And I think that can be snowballed over an entire season. I think that could be snowballed at a certain point over an entire career. And I think over the course of time, and, and, and I'll make sure of this to check in with you, but over the course of time, either you can do something about it if you have the ability to, or you can not, and you can quit. And then you can put that anger and angst onto your child in any sport that they play. And that's and that and that domino will continue to fall to generation or generation until we, as a society, understand how to nurture the the athletes and enable them to succeed on and then off the field. No doubt. No, and if I can, and I'm not trying to have the last word here. But Please do. It it came to me. It came to me in kind of wrapping, circling this all back, wrapping it all together. He's talked about preparation. He talked about anxiety. You talked about depression. If someone were to feel trusted enough that they were given the autonomy to find ways and explore themselves enough to prepare in the way that helped them the most, to to through that activity explore the fullest identity of themselves, I would imagine that that anxiety reduces, that that depression eventually erodes, and they have essentially learned how they learn and develop, which is a, an exponentially multiplied way of developing your skills, your capabilities, maybe even your talents, and underlying all those, the confidence to continue pushing those forward, onward and upward. I think that's a great place to end. Thank you so much for being first. Thank you so much for being here motivating us and motivating me to be the best we can be the most optimal that we can be um i can't thank you enough more than baseball certainly wouldn't be what it is today mind ready certainly won't be what it will become without you and your leadership and your guidance and i can't thank you enough for being first here thanks man that means a lot i really appreciate it thanks for thanks for allowing me to fulfill what i think my purpose is and help me to become my fullest self